This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, what's going on? Hey, John. It's like, it, like everything's going fine. It's like, and here, I'm about to talk about a series that I've been reading for a good long while now. It's something I've been wanting to talk about, talk about for just as long, and that is The Immortal Hulk. This is a series that, you know, Marvel has, that has been running for in a while for, for Marvel, so recently wrapped up. And it's also been by one of my favorite uh, Marvel writers, Al Ewing. And um, it's like, while I've been, like, you know, thoroughly enjoying it, it's like, I've I got, got some opinions about like, how everything wrapped up and how my reread went. But at the same time, though, I've actually got a friend who also has a vested interest in the Hulk. Um, that's my buddy, Rob. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, Jason, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. So uh, I guess talk about our respective histories with the Hulk. Um, I've yeah, I read plenty of comics with the Hulk, but this is probably like the first series I've read featuring the character. It's like that I've actually followed from from beginning to end. I mean, like lots of writers have um, tackled him over the years. Most notably, um, like guys like Peter David and Bill, Bill Mantlo. But um, this run by Al Ewing is like the first extended run that I've actually followed from. Like, like you know from from the start mainly because of like the amount of buzz that it that it earned and also because like i love ewing guys he's done like, like so much great stuff like at marvel over the years and it was finally great to see him you know just get get a, a big hit that basically put pushed him onto onto the a-list at the company and in comics in general but as i understand it you've got like a more like general love of the hulk like right yeah it's uh i mean it's kind of it's funny because uh, I go all the way back to, uh, um, you know, to the seventies TV show where um, I, as a little kid, I was actually terrified of the Hulk. I used to, mm -hmm. my, my parents would watch it and I would hide behind the couch and say, I don't like the incredible Hulk. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but as I got older, um, I, I became kind of fascinated with him. I, I, I read some comics um, didn't, you know, it, it was hard for me, uh, to, to, to kind of get into, into the comics without there being some kind of a hook. And I started reading some Hulk comics when they did the merged Hulk mm -hmm. and I, I enjoyed that for a while, but then I stopped, I stopped collecting comics and didn't keep up with it. Uh, because, uh, uh the short version is, is I got in a, a minor car accident and had to sell all my comics to fix my car. And, and that led me to just be like, why buy more comics? I, I had to get rid of all the ones that I had. Um, but, um, you know, over time, um, you know, I've seen him in other, in other things in, you know, in, in like, uh, Avengers comics and, and other, uh, um, you know, they, they, I saw the, you know, the movie with the, the Angley movie and stuff like that. And I've always liked, there's a, there's a concept that I like about the Hulk in that uh, he's this guy and this really comes out in, uh, they kind of mentioned this, I think, because uh, I did read Planet Hulk, which, which was fantastic. Um, but they kind of mentioned that he's this guy that nobody wants to deal with until there's something really terrible going on. And then they go, they go to him um, and ask him to, to help. Um, and I find that kind of fascinating, you know, the dangerous, uh, type of guy I was watching. Um, this, it, it's funny for me to go into this. I'm sorry. The, uh, uh, it was one of the diehard movies. It was like the fourth one or the fifth one. I don't remember which one. There's this part in the beginning where, um, 
John McClane is saying, you know, something like nobody wants to deal with me, but they, you know, cause I'm abrasive or whatever. Uh, but they always come to me when they need help. And, and it, it really reminded me of the Hulk. Okay. The fourth one is where he, I'm like run, throws the uh, car into the um, helicopter. Cause he ran out of bullets. That's and the fifth probably... one is the, one, is the one where he went to Russia. And that's the one no one, no one likes apparently. I don't think I saw that one then. I, it must've been the fourth one. I think in the beginning, I just remember him having a conversation in a car and it's like, you know, he's an abrasive, you know, kind of alpha male type that nobody likes, but they come to him when something's wrong. And and it so reminds me of the Hulk. When we've got a pu- problem that needs punching and we don't yeah. have enough um, people to punch it, we come to the Hulk or John McClane to punch it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess that's it's that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoy him a little more in in uh, ensemble settings because you know, if it's just the Hulk and a bad guy, I don't really care that much. I'm, I'm interested in how he interacts with other people. So this series was, uh, you know, like uh, it was really uh, fascinating to me to see to see him deal with uh, the his other um, the other people in his, you know, like support group or whatever you might call it. And his, then just his, his supporting cast. Yeah, his, his supporting, supporting cast, cast and also in his head. as well. Yes. Because that's yeah. also, because yeah, it's also that the Hulk's like been known for it, like all the different personalities that he's accumulated over, like over the years. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I I read Planet Hulk, um, but just like you, this is also the only uh, series where I read the entirety of of one writer's run on it. Yeah, and I gotta admit that at, at first, like I was not, um, I was not as on board with everyone else as everyone else was, because like I heard that, because like the Order Hulk came to me, it's like as a, a, a basically like a oh, this, like everyone tell me this is like a oh, this is like a horror fused um like take on the Hulk, and I was like okay, cool, let's see how that goes, and this um in the first volume, you know, it's like I can see what they're trying to do in terms of making the Hulk like you know a scary character. In terms of someone like who was just like you know going to just you know like you know you know fight you know fight against um like you know character like you know characters who are just like you know bad bad and mean and just like be the be the big boogeyman that every everyone fears, but you know it wasn't really a scary series and that wasn't um some it's like and that wasn't um something that I uh that that um that when you're talking about like hey this is a horror fused take on the character it's like you know it wasn't scary and that didn't didn't get me at first. Even though I I liked a lot of Al Ewing's work at Marvel up to this point, particularly his um, New Avengers um, stories, which were like great, um, like you know, like superheroes tales that you know just like that you know reflect that you know acknowledge continuity, but also use it to build on stuff. Um, like there's one point when um, like well, probably one of my favorite bits is like is in like the, the third volume of New Avengers, which which was a tie into Civil War Two, which you know like hell with that that cross that that event series but basically it was a storyline that involved um like that basically involved like the evil reed richards from the ultimate universe the maker um take, trying to take take on um robert DaCosta's um new avengers team and at one point um maker like you know gets gets his um gets his claws into like into robert's um like um ceo suite and like, he's basically like gonna you know you turn it into like a a death into a big, big death trap, and he's like, he's tell, he's boasting to this to Robert. And he says, "Wait a second, you turn my, turn all my like rooms like um, security measures against me. 
So you basically turned into like say like a danger room. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It, it, that moment is beautiful when you realize that. Oh, like hey, he's used continuity to like, it's like in like in a way that's like both clever and it's like like and basically adds like adds to the story. That that kind of storytelling is all over the Immortal Hulk, and basically like the one of one thing that that kind of really sold me on where on Al Ewing's direction for the series is at the end of the uh, first um, first volume when after like after like like this like um the Hulk who well he's basically a different version of like the Hulk that we've gotten up to this point like someone who like well we've gotten like this the smart Hulk we've gotten like the um child like like the child um like child brain Hulk who's just like you know like Hulk is sad Hulk Hulk regrets what he has done that kind of thing. But you've got this this Hulk, um, who we later learn to characterize as the Devil Hulk, basically has a a purpose and like a, a reason for what he's for, like, for for what he's doing here. And it isn't until like the uh, the final the final issue when he's fighting against um, the Sasquatch or Walter Lankowski, who also like a has his own like you know gamma connection. It's like he um, he sucks all the gamma out of out of Lankowski, but then he finds out that. This um, this being, this gamma infused being that was in, that was possessing Lankowski, well, it's actually someone someone familiar to him. It's actually his father, Brian Banner, who who is like bad news. It's like, and, that, and I thought that you know, wow, it's like, oh, oh man, it's like, so he's got, so basically, the Hulk's evil, abusive father is now inside of him, and it's like, and it's also going to be like affecting how he goes from here. That's clever. That's that's kind of that's actually kind of scary as well. So I mean, it's like I, I don't know. Like I mean, like how familiar with you are are you with um Brian Banner um Rob? So I had I did know about uh, Brian Banner. I did know that you know uh, Bruce had an abusive father. Um, I don't know. I what I don't know is when this was revealed. Was this a retcon at some point recently? Is this something that's been around since the sixties and seventies? Um, this is actually this is actually something that was um done, done by um Bill Mantlow and um specifically and um later and Peter David later embellished on it. There's actually um in the Mortal Hulk Zero issue that reprinted um specific issues of the Incredible Hulk three, um basically the uh, like the issue that Bill Mantlow wrote where it revealed that Brian Banner was just like this this paranoid narcissist who just like you know just did just re- just looked at his son and like he's a monster who's taking my 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 wife's love away from me. That kind of that's kind of that's where that's where it was established. But um Peter David um pushed that further. It's like in the um, minus one issue. And this is a, this is actually something that um is on um Marvel Unlimited as Incredible Hulk Zero Immortal Hulk Zero, where like they reprinted like two issues where that Al Ewing felt were like you know you know important to his run. And the uh, minus one issue that Peter David wrote is basically the issue where it's revealed that um, after um, Bruce took his dad in after he was released from the from an asylum because he was found not guilty of killing his wife by reason of insanity, but um, Brian was still, you know, was, was still kind of still a bad man. And when he just when he when he finally lost it, Bruce like like Bruce pushed him off of him, like when he was attacking him at. Um, at his wife's like at his wife's grave and um when he did that 
um like uh, Brian um, cracked his skull on um like uh, on his on his wife's grave and that killed him. Yeah, so I didn't read the minus one issue that you're talking about. I read the zero, and I I didn't. Realize oh, that's part that they... of the uh, issue. It's part oh, of, like, okay. The... Okay, then I read the whole thing. What I didn't realize was that they were reprints. I thought what they were doing, be... I thought that it was like just them, uh, because they were telling an older story using the old comic style. Oh no no no! It's like this is these were actually reprints because there's wow. no way a uh, Michael because like the Bill Mantle issue like three twelve was illustrated by Mike Mignola. And there's oh. no way that Mike Mignola is coming back to do um, corporate comics. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah but the sense. yeah, and the Peter David issue was also um by also like it's cool to see like um that was done by Adam Kubert, who was like honest I I really like, but it's also really interesting to see how his style how his style was back in the nineties too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's yeah that kind of content approach continuity is like all over the the immortal hulk um and that continues into like the second issue being the second volume when um this is when when the avengers show up to try and like you know take take out take out the hulk and they fail badly and if i recall i think that there's one of your favorite moments in here because this is yeah. when um like hulk the this new immortal hulk faces off against um she hulk and he he's got some some he's got some wisdom bombs to lay down on her yeah, he does. Uh, so this is this is Jason Aaron's Avengers, which, by the way, I do not like Jason Aaron's Avengers. I, I the only reason I did read it for a while just because I I love She Hulk. Uh, the Dan Slott She Hulk run is one of my favorite comic runs, even though it's totally gets messed up and then gets canceled. And uh, uh, but I just loved you know the first you know until it started getting interrupted by events and everything. It was just so great. And, and I like She-Hulk a lot and Jason Aaron, I don't really like what he's done with She-Hulk because what it basically seems to have done is it looks to me like he wanted to have an Avengers team with the Hulk on it. They told him, no, you can't have the Hulk he's taken. So he said, can I have She-Hulk? And then he turned her into the Hulk. Um, So she's giant she can't talk in complete sentences um, and, you know, often, you know, behaves in, in a similar manner. And, and yeah, there's a, there's a, a part in this where, um, yeah, Hulk kind of, and I, I'd have to pull up the, the quote because I really, you don't happen to have it handy, do you? Uh, it's like I'd have to, like, you know, like take off my headphones and run over to my shelf to get it. But basically, it's like, you know, the Hulk. The Hulk basically, te- Mortal Hulk basically tells her that you know, hey, it's like this is like my Hulk was basically like all the parts I wanted to hide from everyone else, but your Hulk was like you know the Hulk you the version of the Hulk you wanted to show to everyone else, and like you know how is that now? Yeah, like, that yeah that that's that was the gist of it, and and I felt like it was kind of it made me feel good because it was like he in a way he was he was saying kind of what I was thinking about her is like. What I one of the things I liked about the about She Hulk is that she is so different from Bruce from from the Hulk, and then for for Jason Aaron to just go and make her just like him was really irritating. Yeah, it's like on one hand, it's like I I will agree, I will agree with you about like his his take on um on She Hulk. There, I will say that I do I do kind of like Jason Aaron's Avengers in general, like more for like the uh, it's like 
like the overall direction of his of his story because he's basically building to an Avengers um, versus Mephisto storyline that's that's doing some deep recon retcons that are actually actually kind of interesting. I mean, even if like the uh, actual storylines he's doing don't hit don't don't hit um, like completely. It's like I'm I'm very much invested in his overall um like overall direction he's taking with it. But yeah, you're right. I, I get the feeling that you know like. He, like this is more of like a uh, like he's he's dealing with dealing with like the dealing with the hand that was given to him, but at the same time I I appreciate the fact that Marvel is basically saying okay you know like um that uh, that they're um like they're basically like respecting um you know Al Ewing's like take on the on the Hulk enough that you know they're basically saying like okay he can continue with his storyline like Jason you've got to just like make do with like you know what what's available to you yeah. So. Yeah, and this is how we get like a story like where like Hulk basically goes to hell, and um, well, it's like this is kind of like like it kind of hits on like the bigger bigger like um, directions for his like like for um, for Ewing's arc because we find out that there's like this uh, there's this creature like uh, like underneath like underneath all the creation that basically like you know wants to use the Hulk for like for his like for his own like for his own purposes. And he's also like um, wearing um, Brian Banner's skin in order in order to do this. And you know, it's like when you're when you're like um, doing stuff like this, it's like, oh, okay, that's that's kind of crazy, but it also kind of makes sense. It's like you know, as far as like you know, what's been, you know, like it's like in terms of like you know, hey, like if you're trying to like you know, like deliver your own storyline, Hulk storyline, like then you're trying to tie tie in a whole lot of stuff together because one of the things like basically. The whole reason that, like, you know, this is called the Immortal Hulk is because, like, we find out the Hulk can't die. That whenever um, Bruce Banner dies, he always sees a green door and he can just go through it, like, you know, in order to come back to life. But it turns out that, you know, this is all because, like, there's this thing, like, the one below all that is basically manipulating things. It's like, in order to, like, but why is he do? why is he uh, manipulating things? Because, well, it's like he's, he's, he's got an old, like an ultimate direction and it involves just being you know, like the, the, the great destroyer. It's like, and that's, and on one hand, like, you know, that's, that's really, that's some great galaxy brain thinking in terms of like, you know, tying together um, like all this, like whole continuity that's come before. Um, when you, when Ewing starts like getting into like um, biblical um, thinking, that's when like I, he starts kind of losing me when you're, when it's like, okay, so how, you're you're bringing um like um religious talk into this like to make like to make your purpose your um thesis statement on the Hulk work and um okay that's cool but it's also kind of crazy and kind of a big reach I mean like how did how did that work for you Rob I mean um so I liked how he tied he created a, a kind of a new piece of Hulk mythology that ties every single gamma powered being together um mm -hmm. part of it is is that they all get a green door um yes so uh and you know there there are moments where uh i don't know how much you know you want to get into it uh but uh you know there are moments where they find that they can use different green doors um 
I liked that. Um, as far as the 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 religious aspects, are you talking about the final comic? What happens there? Or are you talking about just all the times that he quotes? Um, I mean, there are different different quotes. You know, he'll quote. Uh, um, uh, I think he quotes Paradise Lost at some point. He quotes... there, there's a lot of stuff in Volume Three, Hulk in Hell, where he like like quotes like when Hulk goes to like the below place for the first time, or mm-hmm. first time that we we fully fully engaged in that he talks about um like like gibula like that yeah flip-off, that that kind of that kind of stuff that that's kind of like that's it's it's a big reach when you're trying to try try to tie in like religious theology to a superhero comic I, it I was it was interesting to me because i hadn't heard of the the gibula and what was it gibula and what was the other one? It's like I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's basically like you know, like like what like the like was it the the left the right hand is rage, the left hand is for is is mercy. Yeah. Well, I thought. I mean, I kind of thought it was interesting because of you know it was like a, a duality of Hulk. You know, the idea mm-hmm. of of uh, um, you know because Hulk is very much kind of a a, a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type story when you go back to the beginning before he started getting you know dealing with more personalities and everything. And mm-hmm. so I thought it was kind of cool to tie those together. Um, so I don't, I, I would say that it didn't lose me. Um, I don't know very much about, uh, I mean, like I said, I don't even know what, you know, I, I, I looked some of it up while I was reading it and I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. It's like, I, it's like, yeah, it is, it is interesting. It's like, I can't say it's like something that like you'll grab me like long term, like less long term than like the subsequent volumes, which where we get new like a new version of the abomination, and also like you know Betty Banner um, as um, the harpy, which that was that's an issue like basically like ha- see like see um whole like you know to deal deal with his like with his, like his um his, he well he tried to like work things out with Betty and um, well she wound up becoming becoming her own gamma gamma um based based creation creation in the process and also there's um like shadow base which is the uh this this um, runs anti-hulk op- operations and it worked and that worked for a while until um it's uh, general it's leader general fortian they you know wound up like you know absorbing the uh being being absorbed by by the abomination skin it's like and i'm um, having it's like and um Basically being, basically being, um, it's like sublimated into the uh, the anti hulk force in this, like like in this story because, while um well the devil Hulk has his own ambitions and while he's and while the uh, the anti Hulk operations are you know definitely not good, well it's like like there's also like there's like a much larger larger game like being being played here, and um like well like the first. Basically, the first twenty-five issues are basically like you know Hulk, you know, fighting against the uh, forces that are arrayed against him, and the forces that are arrayed against him are cl- clearly bad. Well, like that, that kind of gets um like muddied as things, like as things go on, because you know it's like hey, I liked seeing like seeing him like you know talk about like, you know his fight, his fight against the, the ills of the world, and also you know talking with Doc Samson because. Samson's always a great character because you know he's like a he's a superhero, but he's also someone who just like you know, wants to uh, talk, talk things out more than anything else. I Which mean, is like, 
great for superhero comics because they just don't talk enough. You know, the, you get tired of the, oh, you here are two heroes and they wind up fighting and you're like, when are you going to talk? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, that one of the, the, the one of the, the, the most remembered um, issues of X Factor is the one where Doc Sampson um, psychoanalyzes each each member of the team, which is also something that, that, that Peter David wrote. And definitely it's like, it's, it's it's a lot of fun seeing um like Samson just you know like try try and work work things out as like as he's part of like you know the whole, the whole supporting supporting cast here, but basically like you know like these first twenty five issues are you know like like great like are great superhero superhero fun and like they they definitely give us like a great great new perspective on the Hulk while also like you know like showcasing you know familiar characters in new in new lights and. I would be remiss to uh, not bring up the fact that oh, um, that Joe Fixit um, gets a brand new um, like spotlight here because he was best remembered as like the uh, as it's like as a, as a uh, persona of the Gray Hulk who um, like who was basically a um, like a, a mob like a mobster tough guy. It's like in Vegas during Peter David's run, and um, he and um, I don't know some. Unless I'm missing something. Like this is like the probably the first time that we've seen um Joe Fix it like like again since like in, in an extended form since that time. And he's he's a lot of fun to see here because he's kind of like a whole persona who is like more just a more of like a means to despise the ends kind of character here. Like he's the one who can look at the situation that's 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 going on and like find a find like a clever solution to it. Like when he realizes that, hey, you know what? It's like I, I don't see the like like I need like a like a, a, a computer password in order to uh, uh, make things work here, but hey, you know, like I see someone's got like a a, a like a notepad here, so I'm just gonna like scribble over it, and oh, here's the here, like here's the password, like that that kind of that kind of like that kind of thinking here. So it's it's a lot of fun to see, like you when it's realized that oh, you know, hey, like Bruce isn't here, like Devil Hulk isn't here, regular Hulk isn't here, but Joe is in his head. So, um, I mean, what did you think about that, Rob? Yeah, well, I I, I thought it was interesting also because, you, you, I mean, you haven't uh, mentioned that uh, when Joe is uh, showing up, he's in Bruce's body, not in the Hulk's body. Yes. So um, it's it's interesting because he doesn't have his strength to, to rely on. He only has his, you know, his his wits, his, his cunning. Um, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, a, he's an important that's... character. That, yeah, it turns out that like, him being in Bruce's body, that's, that's, a, that's, not a, that's not a bug, that's a feature. Yes. Yeah, I, the way that everything gets tied up in the end is really, really great. One thing I wanted to mention, and because you're talking about the first 25 issues and, and everything, and the Devil Hulk, I had heard of the Devil Hulk before, and, I, and, and I, you know, I don't think he's ever actually come out. You've only seen him in Bruce's mind, I believe, and he was usually chained up. And there was some specific panel that I had seen with him where he's like, just let me out and I'll take care of you. And um, so I was expecting, I wasn't, you know, you mentioned that you weren't really sure about the, about the series at first. And I wasn't either because I, I did hear that the devil Hulk was in charge and I wasn't thrilled about that. I like the Hulk being a hero. Um, I don't, like him i like him being a misunderstood hero i don't like him being a straight villain um well devil hulk isn't a straight villain i thought he would be but he's not 
Yeah, he huh. got just he's got plans. I mean, as Doc Samson, but when he tells when he tells like Samson about all the problems with the rural world, Doc Samson says, Well, so I see you're the green hulk. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was good because he's talking about, you know, climate change and everything, and basically humans are destroying the world. And mm-hmm. and his goal turns out to be to destroy, as he puts it, the human world. And you know, certain people take that as he's going to kill all the humans. And, and But what he really means is he's going to destroy all the things that are harming, you know, the earth and humanity. Yeah. And it goes about as well as you'd expect um, for a character who is currently living in a corporate owned superhero universe. Yeah. Without, without giving too much away. It's like, so, so to speak, but um, because like the big game changer here is in the 25th issue because like after like because like, at this point like the hulk actually you know he's managed to succeed he's managed like to, to uh to like actually like you know like defeat all the forces arrayed against him and he's got like a sizable base of power to actually like, enact these um like like these goals like you know to like end human um human world so to speak but at the same time we get this like really weird and beautiful 25th issue where like we're looking at the eighth incarnation of the is it eighth or ninth incarnation of the Marvel universe. And like, there are these aliens like who are just like, you know, just like dealing with like the end of this, this version of the universe. And like, you're just kind of wondering like, what, what does this have to do with like the Hulk? I mean, what, does, where is this going? And then, and then you find out at the end that, that basically the Galactus, like the um, world destroying um, like entity of this, of this new, of this, next incarnation of the marvel universe it's the hulk it's it's a green entity that basically wants to destroy everything and and so you get get the idea of like you know where all this is going and then at the end of that issue you find out that oh well they've actually been able to send like a sos back in time back in time to the previous incarnation of the marvel universe to let them know that this is what's going to happen but unfortunately, it winds up in the hands of the absolute worst last person you'd want this to get in the hands of. That would be Samuel Stearns, the leader, the Hulk's arch nemesis. And the back half of this, of um, Ewing's run, is basically all about you know how this shakes out. Because while it starts off with, um, you know, like the Hulk, you know, like trying to like push his, um, like destroy the, uh, human um world um like message in a, a way that actually like, you know makes sense to um people who want to like listen to it um well the problem is that the leader well he's playing like the hulk is playing a long game the leader isn't playing a longer game all this time and it involves um hulk's best friend rick jones and also um one of the uh like an old like an like an old new enemy, like basically I'm um, Roxxon, the uh, like the, the evil corporation in the Marvel universe, who basically like you know the Hulk is basically centered upon as the uh, like they're like they're the corporation I need to like to fight and I'm um, just and smash in order to make make things work, and it's led by um one Dario Auger, who you know long time long time listeners and readers may remember him as the uh, as as a proper CEO of Roxxon from Jason Aaron's um like Thor run but um Ewing also positions him as you know like 
like as like the uh, the callous um CEO to like you know like um as you'd envision him you know basically he's a bad guy like in the actual body of a minotaur who's like definitely not averse like you know squishing heads you know whenever he whenever he feels like it right Rob yeah so uh, there's a part in the 26th comic that I that I am I found very interesting where basically uh, Agar reveals himself to his board um, and, uh, you know, in the Minotaur form and where, you know, and he mentions how, oh yeah, he used to be more discreet and he would take a human form. Um, and he says, you know, you may be wondering why I chose to address you in this manner, you know, why I'm so open when I once practiced discretion. And he describes... Um, what I assume are events from Jason Aaron's Thor run. Mm-hmm. He says part of like the uh, like like the War of the Realms, right? So he says in the and I just want to read this 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 short uh, part in the recent war between humanity and the elves. We backed the elves. So this is this is a corporation, a human corporation that backed the enemies of humanity um, because they thought it would be benefit them. Anyway, he says mm-hmm. treason in any sense of the word, high crimes committed in public view. But what were the consequences? Petitions, think pieces, lackluster boycotts of our more obvious brands. Nobody important cared. And so he says, so let the word go out. I am Dario Agger, CEO of Roxxon Energy Corporation, and this is my true form. Nobody will care. Wow, he's certainly not running about the real world here. Is well, he? here's not, the thing. Not at all. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about that is, is I'm looking at the high crimes committed in public view. What were the consequences? Petitions, think pieces, lackluster, you know, just the kind of nothing's really happening. And I want to point out that this was written in November 2019. Uh, yeah, it's like it's. It doesn't doesn't take. I mean, it's like I I'd like to say that you know, like it didn't doesn't take much effort to see the future, but man, it's like it's it's depressing, like you know how true that turned out to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really uh, this this is one of my favorite parts of of the series is is the Hulk versus and his you know team versus Roxxon. Um, I really enjoyed uh, that. Um, yeah. it, it gets weird. I don't know if you want to go into how it gets weird. There are like the Hulk has to fight against, um, like Roxxon's, um, Kai, Kaiju at, at, at one point. Um, the Hulk has to, um, burst out of Bruce Banner's skin, like in order to make, make his point. Oh, and also the Hulk has to, um, beat the crap out of this living nostalgia at one point in Zenmu, the uh, living Hulk. Yeah, who was who was the original like the original use of of the the word the term the Hulk? He actually predates yeah. uh, the Incredible Hulk. And it's it's one thing where you basically think, yeah, that's true, but at the same time, you don't need to know that in order to to get what the character is about. And I think that's that's probably the best thing. That's the great thing about um, Aaron um, Ewing's run in the sense that you that there it's a got a lot of deep continuity dives but you don't need to act to know like be familiar with it in order to like get what's going on here it's like 
and um like and especially when um like yeah it's like it's it's great to see you know like the hulk like you know the hulk smash zenmu it's like and um it's like and i score score a win for the team but then you realize that oh wait um the leader isn't playing the longer game here and um there's even a whole issue um de dedicated to to ewing um sorting out um oh well how does um like uh like uh the leaders um like like uh plan square with what he's been doing like in the immortal hulk and i gotta admit it's like you know, it's a lot of exposition a lot of pipe playing but i i definitely respected that and it was a lot it was really interesting to see like like to see him pull it off there even if it does lead to you know, like an issue where like the hulk just basically realizes that oh no it's like everyone's it's like you know like like the Hulk has basically like won everyone's like support this time, but it's also basically just like you know the calm before the storm where the leader like you know pulls off his, his big game plan. Yeah, yeah, that was a little sad because you know, I, like I said, I love the Hulk being a hero, and you have this brief moment where the Hulk is getting, you know, the love that he wants. You know, it's we're talking about the the child childlike hulk the standard hulk that everybody is 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 aware I, of i don't want to say salad brain as um salad joe lo loves 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 to call him but yeah it's yeah. basically like the uh the childlike hulk who like he's like it's they, this 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 version of the hulk is it's kind of the most tragic because like this this version of the hulk just wants daddy to love him yeah and and he also and it's the version of the hulk basically like that the devil hulk really wants to protect and at one point when like like uh when the child hulk basically says no oh just want just want daddy to love him and like devil hulk's like oh no guy no and then that's basically when like the devil hulk you know is quote unquote written out of this series which I was surprised at because it's been centered around the devil hulk the entire time I I never imagined that that would happen. I mean, they they effectively killed the main character of the series. Yeah, I think I know I know why he did why that was done, and it's because I think you know because like I think Ewing realized that you know like he was only going to have control over this character so long as he was he was writing him. So basically, right. like if he, if he if he wanted like if he let this character like live. Like you know, like to the end of his run, like then he then he then like you know he'd have like you know other characters trying, like, other writers trying to interpret this for him, and other writers could just like tried to run with this and build on what was done here, or they could have just gone and just just like you know, oh we're just gonna like, kill him off right right away so we can do the story that we're we're writing, basically writing him out of the series at this point. Basically, is the only way that like Ewing could have ensure that his take on this this version of the character actually like actually survived it's like being like people could definitely bring him back at some point but they would need to have like you know some like a good plan in order to do so because otherwise you know we just call them out for it so like it's like at the end you know like the uh the rest of the series is basically left to um like um joe fix it and um and child hulk to just try and like figure figure things out on their like on their own terms and 
there's some like good stuff there. Like when um, it's like when like uh, when the Hulk is like busy taking taken captive by by Alpha Flight, and um and Henry Peter Gyrick, um professional professional asshole human for the Marvel Universe, like is basically like saying, hey, I got you, and I'm gonna like make you like I'm gonna make you answer to, like whatever I want to do, and then suddenly Joe Fix it bursts out of his out of Hulk's skin right there during during interrogation, and it's like, hey, no. I got it's like I got news for you. It's like that's um that's some great stuff right there. It's like and the uh it also kind of leads to like you know some like some fun stuff when um when the when the Hulk and the thing meet like meet again and uh, also like the Hulk and um Joe Joe and the Hulk also have to deal with like the UFOs. It's like um for the like, to the next last volume here. Yeah. So I, I was not familiar with the UFOs. Um, I, you know, I, I looked them up. Um, still, it was a really, it was interesting how that turned out. Um, and that's, you know, where we, you know, talk about your, what you were mentioning earlier, which is why is, you know, why is Joe Fixit in, in Bruce's body? Why is he never inhabiting a Hulk's body? Yeah. Because it turns out he's, he's the backup plan. Yep. Yeah, because I guess that, that brings us to like the final volume um, of Hell and Death, which um, basically basically has to, basically it's all it's all the uh, it's like like the um, the falling action or well not really because like the uh, the final issue is the fall is a falling action but it's basically like the first the issues like like initially deal with like the whole like with um with Joe Fix it you know in a proper Hulk body um like dealing with like dealing with the UFOs and then um, the rematch against um, the Avengers, but not just like against the Avengers, but also with Gamma Flight, uh, Gamma Flight um, and the Hulk versus the Avengers. And then also like the Hulk trying to like, like Joe um, dealing with um, sort of trying to sort things out with them, um, Betty. And um, well, that, that kind of goes in a, in a weird way because you know, at first, you know, like Betty is kind of like, she's glad to see someone who like, you know, can accept her in her harpy form. But um, then she finds out that, that Joe, well, he kind of left um, Bruce in hell in order to uh, like, in order to get out. And that's uh, it's like, and that's kind of like a bad thing with her. And then, it, but it also kind of gives the impetus for Joe to like, you know, Hey, you know, like, we're going to go, like we're going to go down to the blow place. And um, it's like, it's like and get get Bruce back and like give um and give Samuel Stearns the leader you know what for because well it's like the leader like his plan to like you know serp like you know like the whole whole scam power and become the this 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 um like world soaring being from the next incarnation of the Marvel universe well it kind of hasn't quite gone the way that he that he's expected because it turns out that you know like the the one below all has um. It has a great, it's like, like it has a has a has an all-consuming hatred that he just can't that he just can't quite match. So, and I don't know if you have anything you want to say before we get into the uh, it's like the final final issues because like the next the penultimate issue is basically a lot of like spot art with um text as um it's like as um Ewing tries to, like um like um parallels the uh, the Fantastic Fantastic Four story with with the hulks and then yeah. there's the uh, and then there's the final issue which is 
it's just kind of like a big old retcon into a blood feud. But what do you? What, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I can talk about some, some, you know, what I, some thoughts that I had up to that point. Okay. Um, uh, something that I liked was, uh, you know, I've I've been unhappy with some previous stories where, uh, uh you know, like I enjoyed Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk was great, and then I read World War Hulk, and there's a point at which, uh, um when it ended uh she hulk was there but like she didn't really do much she basically tried to talk him down and he just stomped on her face and then moved on and then it's the sentry you know the the retcons you know ultra superhero that as far as i'm concerned should have been a one-shot story um that stops him uh it's important to me for some reason that 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 uh that that the hulk and she hulk have you know, a, a significant relationship and big events because they are family and they don't have any other living family. And yeah. uh, so I was happy that she played, you know, somewhat of a significant part in, in the lead up to the end um, during that fight uh, with, between the Avengers and, uh, and uh, uh, Hulk and Gamma flight and, um, she is basically forced into making a choice uh, between whether she belongs with the Hulk or belongs with the Avengers. Um, mm -hmm. Betty kind of manipulates her a little because you know Betty could have could have stepped in at a certain moment, but she just looks at at uh, at Jen, and Jen does decide to take. Uh, Bruce's side. Well, it wasn't Bruce at that point. It was Joe, but she took uh, her family's side, um, and I was I was happy to see that. Uh, that was nice, and you got you got a few moments of her um, having conversations. I'm surprised we haven't even brought up uh, a character who is um, the audience stand-in of this entire story. Um, Are we talking uh, about Jackie McGee? I'm talking about Jackie McGee. Um, yeah. Jackie McGee is a reporter. Um, she is uh, in the story from the beginning to the end. Um, uh, although there are moments that she's not around. Um, and she, uh, she, when she was a child, uh, the Hulk in one of his rampages uh, destroyed her childhood home um, and scared both her and her father. Her father eventually died, and she kind of blames the Hulk for that. Um, and so in the beginning, you know, she's telling stories about him, and she's chasing after him because she's, you know, angry. Yeah, she's, a report, she's a reporter for the Arizona Herald. Right. And she, you know, she has this per, kind of kind of a vendetta against against him because of that. But as as she goes on, she she learns about it. She knows him. She grows to, to understand him. And at some point towards, you know, in this, the, in the lead up to the final issue, I forget exactly when it happens. She develops gamma powers of her own. She can see things. Like um, a gamma vision. She has like a gamma vision and she can see, you know, there's one part of the, the Hulk Hulk's power set, at least the, um, the childlike Hulk, he can see ghosts. 
Um, and she also gains that power. And basically she sees these, she can see gamma entities. She can see people who are inside, um, you know, each other. Uh, if, if there's some kind of weird thing going on where, oh, you would think, oh, hey, it's the abomination. Oh, but, you know, Rick Jones is in that abomination. That's not what happens in this comic. But, but she would be able to detect that. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I, I just felt it was important to mention her. And so there's a scene where she has a conversation with, um, with She-Hulk. And I'm a sucker for just, just conversations and superhero stories. <laughs> So uh, I liked having that, um, and uh, I liked Jen using her connections with the Fantastic Four because she had been in the Fantastic Four off and on um, in order continue to try use, to get help. Continue to use for a positive purpose. Yes. Yeah, so she gets, she gets help, and uh, um, I don't remember. So this, this is that penultimate issue where they talk about comparing um, the Fantastic Four to the Hulk. And the Fantastic Four had this, you know, positive family relationship. You know, they went into into space um, to, you know, on a rocket ship, you know, for the betterment of mankind and everything. The rocket ship was not a bomb. This is the thing that keeps going through the comic. He keeps mentioning the rocket ship was not a bomb. Mm-hmm. For the Hulk, it was a bomb. You know, he mm-hmm. he just killed his father. You know, he... Um, they they kind of go through the dysfunction of the Hulk's history and how how they're they're kind of opposites. Mm-hmm. And so it was really that was a cool that was a cool issue. Um, Indeed. And one thing I want to bring up with Jackie McGee, and this is something that probably isn't brought up as much as much as it should have been, is that like in her big confrontation with the Hulk, like when with the Immortal Hulk specifically, is like she basically tells him like, "How do I get to be you?" Like I mean, you like I mean, you've just you destroy it's like all sorts of stuff over the years, and yet people like you know bend over backwards in order to um, welcome you back into the fold. How do I get to that right here? Because it's basically like a big old like like she like it's you ain't basically flagging up like a big old bit of white privilege there, but it's yeah. also not like something that's not hugely followed up on after that because you know it's like could but at the same time it's like you know you can't really do that because it just kind of it would break the uh the series for lack of a better term right and she you know it's also that she kind of wants she wants some some level of of power because she feels helpless the hulk has has made her whenever he's around makes her feel helpless Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and she gets that with the uh it's like with her gamma vision in fact Mm -hmm. It's like it actually, I guess you could say that you know actually plays like a key role in the uh, in the final issue, which is um, a big. Like, I mean, it's a this final issue is like a big ass issue. It's like it's a, it was a ten ten dollar issue because you know like Mar- on one hand Marvel knew they could like get away with like charging like you know ten bucks for like the fiftieth issue of the Marvel Hulk. But at the same time, though, it's like it's like the climactic. Um, like issue of this whole of this legend of this big run that basically like gotten so much press and buzz and sales over the years, and also it's basically like you know the Hulk. Um, it basically has some like some big stuff. It's basically like the Hulk yelling at God, and it's basically um, Ewing reframing like the whole um, like um Banner and Stern's relationship 
as a blood feud. Yeah. Um, I uh, I kind of don't want to talk about this too much because like, I think that it's um, I don't want to talk about the specifics too much. I think it's like it's worth reading. Yes. Um, like like for like like for, like for anyone who's who's interested in what we're talking about talking about right here. But um, I guess I'm talking like. Like as far as a capstone on the um, run as a whole, it's like I mean it's it's definitely interesting and like it's like I said it, it uses continuity in a in a good way and there's like all sorts of weird stuff that pops up like over the course of it and the uh, the big double page gatefold is um, a beautiful thing even if I got the uh, the um, collector's edition misprint um, version of it in my uh, in my um, print edition. Oh no. But, yeah, that was that's the thing. Like basically, like the uh, the big dull page gatefold um, was misprinted in the um, first in the first edition of um, like of this final of um, the Mortal Hulk Volume Ten. So, so what was the misprint? What does it mean that it was misprinted? Um, basically, it's like the uh, the big double page gatefold comes towards the very end where it shouldn't have been instead of. Um, like um to the point where I, where the Hulk, it looks like the Hulk's, Hulk's about to start yelling at God, about yeah. why you know, why does Hulk, what is why why is there a need for a Hulk, and um then and um the double page gateful offers you the answer, it's mm-hmm. like that's basically what happened. That's basically like where it's like it, it's not there. It's like it's basically after like the Hulk is brought after everyone's come back from the below place into um like um Fantastic Four's place. That's basically where it's like it's put in the uh, in the print edition the current print edition at least oh okay so it's misprinted it, yeah. I mean, it's, it literally the answer shows up later in the thing and you're like oh it's yeah it. it's, exactly it's like so it's kind of like if you know where it is you can just like you know hold put your finger in one spot and go oh this is how it's supposed to read got it right yeah so basically once once the hulk um when um when God basically says you are my child, um that's basically when you should have been um you know reading the double page gatefold spread. So. Okay, hold on, because I'm 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 looking at it now. And I'm, You're looking on Marvel on Marvel Limited, right? Yeah. So, the are you saying the you are my child is the double fold? No, gate? no. It's like I am the one above all is the double page gatefold spread. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I just like I said that's. That is a that's a beautiful thing right there, and um, I guess one thing we do need to talk about before we um, start wrapping things up is that I do think the that um, there's been some like beautiful art, beautiful grotesque art over the course of the series, courtesy of Joe Bennett, because he has definitely been on um, Ewing's wavelength in terms of um, you know just like the, the horror and the weirdness that yeah. the series has has been has, has wanted to display. And um, I do, th- and I've, I've been familiar with a lot of Bennett stuff over the years, like for D- for DC and Marvel. Um, this is definitely like some career best stuff, like from him. And I love seeing seeing all like the, like the uh, like the the gory, um, grotesque grandeur of what he delivers here. It's just a shame that um, yeah, that he apparently like that his his um anti-Semitic views. Um, oh no. Oh yeah! Apparently, I didn't like, know. Yeah, it's like 
because uh, apparently he 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 wanted he apparently decided like, hey, you know, like maybe I can like slip some stuff in here, and then everyone realized that oh shit, man, it's like so when because apparently like at one point when I like I think it's in the, uh, the next last volume where where Joe goes into like a pawn shop and it's like you if you read this in the uh, in the digital and the physical editions like it's like it like a blank um, window pane, but in the print edition it was jewelry. Rather than a jewelry pawn shop, man. So, didn't they just do that? Wasn't that in that X Men Gold comic too? Did they literally yes. do the same thing? Yeah, it's like, and I think like that's that was R D and C F, and I think that he else that he and uh, like Joe and he and Bennett are also like um are um South American artists. I think both from both from Brazil. But yeah, this is like one of those things where it's kind of like. Where everyone's kind of like, um, like, or it was trying to like, like, when, um, when this originally came up in the middle of Hulk, it was kind of like, like, whoops, we don't know how this got through. Um, it's like, you know, quality, like, quality assurance. But, um, after, um, the final issue, like, a little before the final issue came out, I imagine once everything was like set in stone in terms of like the, uh, like, like going to press, uh, Ewing basically came out and said, I'm not going to work with, um, Bennett again. Because wow. he also, because he's also like you know, like some of his old um like political cartoons have come up as well, and they're just as bad as as you you expect from That's here. That's terrible. Because I mean, because really, the art is amazing in this comic. Yeah, it is. I have never seen a comic like this before. I I, I mean, the the you know we talk about the oh it's a horror comic. It's some of the art is disturbing in an in a very especially, interesting way. Especially the abomination stuff. That yeah, was like, oh man, I'm gonna have nightmares about this. Yeah, the abomination stuff. Most of the times, when when the Hulk transforms either into a human or you know back into the Hulk, it is not like the standard. Oh, he just grows bigger. He gets bigger muscles. He like you know like splits out of himself or distorts in these really imaginative ways um disturbing but just so interesting and i am really unhappy to hear that this guy has those views because um i mean like i said i just i can't i can't tell you how great the art is yeah i mean and, and the art artist fantastic and man it's like you know and Bennett has, I mean, it's like, I can't remember if he's actually like, you know, gone on record as saying like, you know, how he you know, repudiates his own, own views or anything. He just realizes that, you know, like now that he's been called out on this, like there's no point in, um, it's like you're refuting things, but also like, you know, there's also like a lot of like, you know, great, um, supporting art like in this, in like in this series as, as well. In fact, from Kyle Hotz who did, um, the issue where, um, we get where um, Bruce reconnects with, um, with Betty, Brian Bo the late Brian Bodenheim, who gives us like the uh like the origin story for a general for um Fortien. Um German Garcia, who did the uh, amazing issue twenty-five, who uh, where you get to like see like the next version of the Mar iteration of the Marvel Universe um, being laid waste to by by this new by this new Hulk. Um see Matthias um Matthias Bergara doing um like like doing some Doing some filling, like doing some filling stuff as well. It's like and Nick Patara doing like the mindscape um stuff, like when um it's like when the Hulk 
um, is guided by um, Mike, the uh, Green Scar Hulk, into his mindscape, and um, Jackson Geese, um, who did the uh, Apotheosis of Samuel Stearns, the big spotlight issue, where we find out just you know what, um, like you know like how um, like how Stearns is um, like you know, like um, all of his like um, previous incarnations like you know led into like this current version of the Immortal Hulk. I mean, this series, this series has been has been given like some great, like amazing art, like from like from beginning to end, and you know, on one hand, it's like, then yeah, it's like um, Bennett has been at the forefront of this, like from beginning to end, and it's just, it's just a damn shame that his that his that his beliefs are just gonna like you know, lead him to like being being written out after, it's like after this. I mean, not saying that he shouldn't be written out, but I mean, but, it's like yeah. Yeah, it's that's uh, you know, yeah, I, man, there was something else that I wanted to talk about, and I just I just forgot forgot what it was. Um, oh, yeah, this is it. We never saw, or tell me if I'm wrong in this, did we ever see the Professor Hulk or the merged Hulk? Is there that I used to know him? No, this is something that they, they actually acknowledged, and um. That no, it's like it was not that we never saw that we this this is something that we never saw. So yeah, I mean they because they mentioned him early on. It's like like because uh, um, uh, oh, what's his name? What's it go by now? The 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 formerly awesome Hulk uh, Cho. Oh, Amadeus, Amadeus Cho. Amadeus Cho. He sh he shows up and um, and he says, "How come we haven't seen the Green Scar or the Professor?" You know the heroic hulks are not you know anywhere to be seen. I was expecting to eventually see something about the professor, whether he was locked up or something like that, but he was just not there. I'm gonna put that down to uh, to Ewing, just basically like you know, not write, wanting to write a, write about that. I mean, it's like maybe it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time like a writer just has basically you know ignored you know part of continuity to sorry like to like you know further their own like interpretation of a character and i think that he's got more room here with um you know with the hulk in terms of just you know how his um how his personalities sh have shown up over the years yeah. i mean we did get to see the green scar but it turns out the green scar wasn't quite the green scar if you know right what I mean. right yeah, yeah. but I, I always preferred the idea of, of the merged Hulk being literally the merged Hulk. I didn't really like that they retconned him into yet yet another uh, personality. So who knows? Maybe Ewing feels that same way and was like, "Well, you know, you've got the three. I mean, it ends with the three main, you know, Hulk personalities. It has Joe Fix, fix it. It has the Child Hulk, and it has uh, Bruce." And that mm -hmm. those are who made up the merged Hulk, and so maybe Ewing feels the same way I do. I, I'm going to try to look up and see if there were any interviews uh, with Ewing um, uh, to see why there was no Professor Hulk. Yeah, but but overall, it's like I mean, I I, I do I, I did enjoy you know like the immortal like the immortal Hulk overall. I mean, it's like it's it's interesting like you know how like there was like a lot of like you know different like you know. Like, like takes, like takes on it as the uh, as series goes on. I mean, like the first in the first half was just basically like you know the Hulk versus everyone else. Then it was like Hulk versus humanity, and then it was like you know the Hulk versus the leader. Like in the end, I mean, it's mm -hmm. like there's 
I mean, on one hand, it kind of delivers like just about everything you'd want to see, like from a modern take on on the character. One that like basically like, respects and acknowledges like you know the previous continuity, and just kind of you know acknowledges that you know even if like you know everything that happened beforehand you know clearly wasn't unplanned. It's like you know like he's trying to like, retcon it in a way that you know it all kind of makes sense. It's like and I, it's like I, that's that's something I'm I'm definitely a def, I'm definitely a sucker for. Even if like in like in in the end, it's like yeah, like I mean, I, I like seeing the whole you know, like God. It's like I'm not sure if it was like you know quite the uh, the summation that I was I was looking forward to or expecting from this like from the series, but I I was definitely entertained. It's like you know from beginning to end. There's there's no denying that. No, totally. I uh, it was yeah. I, I like I said, I don't think there's been another comic series like it. Um, so it was just, it was great to read and I'm going to try to convince my wife to read it. I think I'm going to buy it in, in the trade paperbacks and, and, uh, convince her to read it. Yeah. It's like, you can do that or I mean, they're, they're doing it in like the, uh, like, like in the hardcover editions where it's like two, like two, um, paperbacks in one hardcover. And I'm sure they're going to be doing it in omnibus editions at one point. That's what but, I should do is wait for an omnibus. I don't, I, the thing is, is I don't like the hardcover stuff. I like it to be, it, it, it's too rigid. and makes it harder for me to read or what. I don't know. It's dumb. Yeah. But. but at the same time, you know, like this, this um, entire run is available on Marvel Unlimited right yep. now. Yep. That's true. Yeah. And there's also like all sorts of like, you know, other extraneous bits like from it as well. But, you know, one through 50 is technically all you need to read. But if you do like it, then you should also check out um, Gamma Flight, which is a series, a miniseries that was co-written by um, by Ewing with with artist with writer Crystal Fraser and artist um, Lam Medina. But just he tells you what the, the Gamma Flight team, um, Dr. Shelley McGowan, um, Doc Sampson, Huck, um, like Absorbing Man, and his wife Titania, um, got up to at the very end of the series. You know, after their big throwdown with the Avengers. And it also basically touches upon a bit some things that um, that weren't that Ewing wasn't able to touch upon in the main series, like say um, the abomination, like Emil Blonsky, um, Scar, um, the Hulk's the Hulk's um, like son from Planet Hulk, and um, it's like oh, and also just you know what's what happened with um, Rick Jones and um, Del Fry after they were merged together, right? So yeah, so there's there's that there's that as well, but. There's also like if if you um like like put in like you know Immortal Hulk into the uh, like a Marvel Marvel Universe app, you get like all sorts of other stuff in in addition to the main series, and it's generally worth reading. But at the same time, like you know, it's you know like the whole it's it of course it's really for like the low low price of free. So yeah, yeah, there's some little one offs like. You know, there's a there's a Spider-Man crossover. There's a fa Fantastic Four crossover. Um, there's an, a, the Immortal She-Hulk uh, comic. Um, oh, so did you read that? I did, and I've totally already forgotten what it was about. It's not it's not important to the storyline. Yeah, it's three deaths of Jennifer Walters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, it mentioned okay. it mentioned the thing you know where they had the the weird fight with the plant people and they kind of like took her. Yeah, over. part of the Empire crossover. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, that was worth reading. Actually, that I, I would recommend that people read that because now I remember because the, the leader shows up in it. Yeah, basically, it's where he explains that he's got the uh, power to uh, change the locks on the green doors. Yeah, and that's uh, important it, later in, the, in Immortal Hulk. Yeah, I think that's, and um, technically there is a an 11th volume to the Immortal Hulk in terms of trade paperbacks that's basically called Apocrypha. And it's basically like the those those issues. It's basically like the like like the like um was it the uh, Immortal Hulk um of absolute carnage tie-in, the Immortal Hulk um King and Black tie-in, the uh, three like that um like the Immortal Hulk um tie-in that we just talked about with um the, the Immortal She Hulk tie-in. Yeah. So it it's it's worth it's worth getting, but it's like it's not an absolutely necessary volume but if you've liked what this what 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 um ewing and um, company have done here then yeah it's worth reading and in fact this has been like a great i think it's been a lot of fun a big a big fun run and on one hand it's like well it's like definitely um you know, i guess i was like for this i was just like you know my uh my opinion of ewing as a as a great writer for the for marvel universe well kind of depends also lets you know like well what's next for everything you know because hey rob you know who's um tackling on um, the hulk next yeah um i know that it's ryan otley and uh oh man i keep forgetting it's, he's got a g in his name <laughs> what's no actually he doesn't no who's the who is it donnie cates cates i'm sorry i i dang it who did i think it was who's the there was an x-men writer that had a g jerry dugan Yes, that's who I was thinking of. That's he he wrote Hulk. Of. He wrote Hulk for a little while, but um, Donny Cates and um, Ryan Otley are the new um, creative team on on Hulk after this. And I gotta admit that I admire Cates' guts because not only did he want to tackle Thor after um, Jason Aaron did his um, legendary run on it, now he's tackling the Hulk after this run. So it's like, wow. You know more power to him for just trying to like think to think he can like fall up on these great runs but i've uh, heard you know good things about it and god knows that he's got a great artistic partner in otley in oh man i love ryan otley's art however i cannot I, I i read you know i read all of invincible multiple times and so i cannot look at his art without seeing um you know mark grayson in whatever mm -hmm whatever characters he's drawing. I got admit, I like, I like the stuff that he did in, um, amazing Spider-Man. And I, I like, and you know what the, uh, the first, the title of the arc that he's doing with, um, Kate's for this first run is, I forgot what it was called. What's it called? Smash through not. No, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. like, yeah, it's like, I, so I got it. It's like, I, uh, as much as I enjoyed, um, Ewing's run, it's like, I'm, also looking forward to seeing what um kate's and otley have in store for this next one and uh john it's like i guess you have some me have some thoughts on this as well no not, not entirely but um yeah <laughs> um not 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 for this one um but there's some cool stuff that you guys have been talking about and um um you know just kind of curious as to what your subject might be next time well, um, next time I think I may just like a bite the bullet instead of ordering from like my my usual graphic novel um, source and just like like getting the next 
the uh, the, the uh, necessary volumes for um, like Star Wars, um, War of the Bounty Hunters, because God knows it's actually been a while since we've talked about Star Wars on this podcast. That's that's definitely a possibility. But also, um, I also want to say that yeah, hey, Rob. So I know that um, Jonathan Hickman, you know, he's wrapped up his um, X Men run. So you should come back to talk about um, how that turned out with um, Inferno. Uh, when it's done in when it like gets published on Marvel Unlimited in March. Wow, it's going to be published in Marvel Unlimited in March already. Uh, sure, yeah, I'd like to talk about that. Um, yeah, I wasn't aware that 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 was already happening. I haven't been keeping up with it. Yeah, it's like Inferno. Like Inferno. Um, it's its finale, and it's done, and they're already on to the next thing, which is basically was going to set the stage for the next. Um, Stage of X Men. That's some um, X Lives and X Deaths of Wolverine. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So like, yeah, because you know how X Men works. I mean, it's just like one thing leads to the no- to another, and there you go. That's true. But yeah, like, I do want to get your thoughts on like you know the whole like Hickman era of X Men because, I mean, on one hand, I've enjoyed everything that's that's been done so far, but you know it's like it's always a possibility that he could just completely whiff the finale, but we'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining, everyone. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, Rob. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time on Comic Books by the Book. All right. Laters. Bye.